Welcome to the Worship Central Podcast. We are passionate to see the worship and creativity of churches throughout the world set on fire. Join us as we explore what this might look like. Well, hello. Welcome back to the Worship Central Podcast. August edition. August episode. Hope everyone's doing well. Good holidays. Very good holidays. We're sitting here. Nick Herbert is in his Speedos, (laughs) fresh off the beach. (laughs) Thank the Lord this isn't being live streamed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What have people been up to? Anything exciting? Little cruise. Little cruise for me. Wow. Wow. Where Where to? Well, you know, a bit of northern France, northern Spain and back. Love very nice. Yeah, very nice. And people going away this month, right? So now I'm here ministering to the people. <laughs> sure. Finally. Sure. Sure, yeah. We've got a great episode lined up today. We've got live chat with Dr. Drake, bringing Woo. some content around Holy Spirit-led worship. We're going to have a song feature. We've got a guest interview with Jeremy Riddle. Oh, yeah. And we're going to be taken to the bridge with Herbs, who's going to give us some insights around songwriting. Let's go to the live chat. Dr. Drake Ramore, hey. what are you talking about today? No, we're talking about being Holy Spirit-led. Yeah, so that's our disgusting. topic. So Holy Spirit-led. So I wanted to back up a bit because in worship leading circles, when we say Spirit-led, we tend to think of just those kind of spontaneous moments, the Ooh, gaps yeah. in between the songs. Keyboard pad. Keyboard pad, kind of glory, press the button, the presence comes kind of moments. Isn't that what happened? It can be, Luke, <laughs> but I want to back up because I think there's something really important about that whole life of the spirit mm-hmm. that Paul talks about. And I think it's to do with posture. And I think that's a helpful word. Mm. Um, that kind of openness, you know, when we pray, come Holy Spirit, we literally open our hands. So that posture of openness that comes. And I was thinking, well, how do you get that posture of openness? And what's it mean to lead out of that place of openness to the spirit? And one of the insights that I think is interesting because Theology is never like just isolated in a room. It's always interacting with culture. It's always of the time as well. And one of the interesting things from psychology and leadership studies at the moment that's interesting to me is this idea of the incomplete leader. And they talk of the incomplete leader, this need um, to be in team and, you know, that, that you can't just do it on your own. And I want to take that concept, apply it to life of the spirit because I find it really helpful to remember and remind myself, hey, I am incomplete. So in and of myself, if I try and lead this time, if I try and live in this moment, I'll do it in my own strength unless I am coming prayerfully to the Lord like dependent and saying, fill me up, Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you for this task. And so the great lie that comes to us from the enemy is, hey, you can do this on your own. Like you'll be fine. This event will be fine. This moment in the workplace will be fine on your own, you can do this. And, you know, that's not what scripture says. Scripture is saying, hey, don't try and do stuff on your own. You've got to do it out of a posture of openness and and dependency on the Holy Spirit because his life, his power is where the fruit comes. Yeah. um, That is kingdom fruit and not just our own effort. And again, in the church, there's been this tendency to kind of go one way or the other on the extreme of it. Um, But I like the, the Eastern Orthodox talk about synergy that we, it's our work plus the Holy Spirit's work. Mm. So it's not like totally remove myself. It's like, no, what is the unique, say, Anna Hellebroth? What's the unique particularity of you? And when you're open to the Spirit, uh, what does that equal together? What's that equation of Anna plus the Holy Spirit making you fully who you were designed to be? That's Anna being Spirit-led. And that's an exciting place to be because it's going to be more than you ask or imagine. 
That's and good. it's going to have an impact. Yeah. I love that because I, I think one of the things I, I notice um, a lot when I watch people lead worship is um, it feels very safe. And I think there's something I find compelling when a worship leader leads out of that vulnerability, that rawness, that sense of desperation, yeah. the sense of wonder at who God is. And when they throw everything of themselves yeah. in, um, and it feels like this isn't just turned on for a Sunday morning, but this comes out of yeah. who they are, inspired by the Holy Spirit, it's, it's a powerful combination. And, and I think it inspires other people to bring all of themselves in worship and uh, one of the things we've talked about before but it feels like there's um, been such an elevation of professionalism yeah. in worship mm. the elevation of giftedness mm. and there are so many gifted musicians mm. singers which is why a lot of our worship can feel a bit more song led yeah um and it's great well thought through content brilliant music delivery but there's that spirit-led thing where it feels a bit wild. You don't quite know what's going to go n next and you create space for God to do the immeasurably more. Mm, mm. And that's risky. That needs conversations with senior pastors, yeah. church leaders, you know, so that you're all on the same page to create mm. that space. But I think it's absolutely necessary and desperate because mm. I think so many people I hear them saying, I'm, you know, I'm bored in mm. worship. And I think giftedness can only take us so far. Mm. Mm. That's right. One of the things that um, uh, really impacted me the last couple of years is um, John Mark Comer's book, um, Garden City. And he talks a lot into this whole thing of that God's asking us to partner with him. And I love that, you know, Holy Spirit plus Nick Drake, Holy Spirit plus Tim Hughes or whatever. Um, and this idea that actually we've got a job to do on the earth to cultivate something that actually the Garden of Eden wasn't necessarily just like a, a pretty kind of grass and flowers kind of vibe. It was actually a wasteland to, to work, to work the earth. And I sometimes think as worship leaders, there's a mandate in us to draw something out and to partner with the Holy Spirit to unearth something in the congregation and in the people that's in front of us. Mm. And I love this idea of partnering and, and asking Holy Spirit, how can I bless what you're doing, how can I work with you today in this yeah. meeting in this church? You know? and, and that's right. And, and spirit led, therefore, has a much broader meaning, a much you know yeah. big, big meaning. Because again, the spirit, his leadership is towards the end. You know, uh, eschatology is the theological word for it. Like the end time where all is restored, all is you know the Garden City, the Revelation 22 imagery. You know where everything is how God designed it to be and restored in full completion through Christ on the cross. And so again, spirit leadership and being spirit led on that big level is that we are playing our part in that kind of leadership. Yeah. And leadership without the spirit is ultimately going back to self in some way. Yeah. Is is leading back to the self often because yeah, that's yeah. that's the power of sin. Yeah. Whether we know it or not. How, how do you guys then um cultivate that dependency in in leading worship so that we are realizing we are the incomplete leader. I mean, Nick, you'll be brilliant on this. What does that look like for you so that when you lead, you're mindful of all of this? Well, one of the things I was just thinking then was around, I often ask myself this question, which is what do I have faith for? Mm. Like, so if we went around here, some of us would think, actually, we all should believe that God heals, but some of us will really think, I know that God heals. I yeah. know that God heals. And I try and work out and pay attention to that and allow that to sort of shape my experience of life um, with God, like off stage, as much as 
on stage as well and go if I'm leading worship if I'm thinking about a set list and I'm thinking about what I'm going to do in that moment I'm thinking what do I have faith for what what is it and that's come from just life of disappointments and hopes and dreams yeah. and all those things that somehow managed to shape and fuel and mm. this furnace and what comes out is as well I believe God can do this mm. um however sort of weak I might feel in the moment I've also uh, felt like there's a human side to it as well that you've often bought Nick as well as the spiritual <laughs> which is which is kind of like just do something different like I feel like often what you'll do in a meeting is just like let's just mix it up because we get so habitual yeah. as humans, we just kind of get stuck in a rut. And I think, I, I don't know whether you you feel like that's a deeply spiritual thing or more just like, hey, come on, let's just do something different. What I love, I'm trying to just, it's, it's getting into my brain right now, listening to what Nick Drake, Dr. Drake's been saying. Because I'm just trying to think, so is, is this all about us becoming as fully human yeah. as we possibly can be? Yeah. Like mm. really understand. Because I often think that with worship, like we, we always... There are always going to be those songs, right, that everyone loves. Everyone can play. Everyone can yeah. deliver. That's what makes them a great song. But there are other songs where if we went around the room, you go, actually, I love that song. And the person next should be like, I don't like that song. Like, I, I wouldn't lead that song. And there's some well-known songs I even think, I'm not sure I, I want to lead that one for whatever reason. And I think that then becomes about taste, like what you love, what really yeah. moves you, what drives you. And, and trying to own that. Mm. is is kind of key in some ways but it's actually quite hard to do mm. um when you when we try and systematize everything as yeah. well you know and what does that look like being led by yeah. the spirit and how do we manage that and i think there's a, a deeper theological point here about the supernatural you know because again you can tend to think the spirit led is equals supernatural yeah. right and again i i i think there's something deep about fully human that yeah. leads to this phrase supernormal Mm. You know, and mm. the, actually the super normal me is the spirit led me as God intended to, me, to be with Christ in me, me in Christ mm. by the power of the spirit that the mm. father loves. Mm. That's this kind of X factor anointing moment mm. rather than just my natural gifting, mm. you know, because yeah. I'm fully me. I'm being restored and remade to be me. Yeah. And it also takes a lot of pressure off. Like, I love what you're saying, because if you're having a bad day, which we all do, or there's stuff going on in life and you think, gosh, like, I don't know if I can do this today. Well, that's exactly the point, isn't it? You can't do it. So um, there's a beauty in that. And I also think just coming back on what Nick was saying around how you cultivate this life of being spirit led, not to go too big on the whole personality driven thing, but I do think the expression of what that can look like, as Nick was saying, is, is so can be so different dependent on your personality type. Like I know um, for me in a set, I'm always wanting to be planning a point of a, an I don't know moment. Like, I don't mm. know what's going to happen here. Yeah. Now, for some people, like for Luke, for example, he's a bit more in the moment. And so can... Um, Am I? You are. <laughs> you, can, you can actually do that in the moment a bit more, whereas I'm much more preparation kind of person. So, right. But even though I'm preparing yeah. for yes. an I don't know moment, I'm actually better at leading. I'll lead something better if I've if there's some preparation done yeah. in that, even if I don't know what the prep is, if that yeah. makes sense. One of the things I've been learning as well in worship leading is, is that actually it's not just about, well, becoming fully human and operating from that place, a massive part of what then takes you to the next step 
is recognizing your blind spots. Mm. It's recognizing the stuff that you don't carry. Mm. And then you have to work hard. What it means to be spirit-led in that moment mm. is to realize, hang on a minute, am I also including this part of life that I haven't quite yet worked out, but I need to actually be obedient and bring that into my worship as well. Mm. And I think that's been really important. And sometimes that actually means recognizing I don't know what God's doing today. I really don't. Can someone else help me out here? (laughs) Because I don't know. And I think with this topic, the big picture is conversations need to be had with church leadership teams. I was literally about to say that. Yes. That's important for you to speak into. Yeah, because what what is the vision? Is Mm. our worship just to sing theology, which that's okay. But if we believe actually we worship a God who can do the impossible, yeah, uh, who can do the supernatural through the supernormal, um, we need to create space for that and we need to educate a congregation and build a culture where that's okay. So you need to create space for um, risk, uh, for spontaneity, um, for worship leaders to feel empowered, to bring leadership and that's a really hard thing to do. Again, are we going to believe that actually for a non-Christian walking in and they're suddenly in the midst of a congregation who are passionately singing spontaneous songs, kicking off, are you okay for that? And we've mm. talked about that a lot. And we talk about we we want to have encounter with explanation. So yeah. we will let things go. And actually we found the more we create space for raw, wholehearted, spirit-led worship, actually we're seeing more people become yeah. Christians as a result. And we can explain um, but but you need to sort of discuss and make a plan. What what do you believe can happen in worship? How are you going to go about it? How do you teach people on worship? And and then also create space for the mess. What would your top tip be for a worship leader, worship pastor listening to this? And they're thinking, okay, I really need to have that conversation with my senior pastor. How should they approach that? Buy your senior pastor a really nice bottle of whiskey or wine or <laughs> flowers or a candle. No, I, I, I think um, as worship pastors, the more we can do um, to invest in that relationship, to affirm, to encourage, to build our pastors up. Mm. Because it's funny, when you're overseeing stuff, you actually often don't get that much feedback or encouragement. So it means a lot when you do. Yeah. Um, and then to have these conversations, hey, what have you got faithful? What do you believe happens in worship then the other thing i think uh, and we've tried to do a lot of is create spaces out of the sunday to really dig into this so we do midweek prayer meetings kingdom comes we have stuff maybe at students we have worship team nights we're actually we can build this culture outside of the sunday Mm. as well as in the sunday Mm. because they fuel uh the holistic approach and at the heart Spirit led, and just off what you've said there, you know, is about saying, hey, Jesus is alive. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm thinking now. Like, he's not just a historical figure. The cross isn't just in the past. Like, he's alive in the room by his Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that is the thing that drives us. That's why we have to have spirit led worship in yeah. this bigger sense of the word, because mm. we believe Jesus is alive and he's mm. here by the Spirit. Yeah. That's End good. of, you know, that's yeah. it. Yeah. That's yeah. good. End of. End of. Next up, we got our song feature, which is a great song called Revive Us, Heavy Rain. It's on Luke and Anna Hellebron's album, Motions of Mercy. Come like a fire, come like the wind. 
Your presence is heaven, heaven right here. Breathe on your people, call by your name. Show us your glory, lead us we pray. Revivus Heavy Rain. I know I've loved singing that song in worship. It expresses that longing for God uh, in a brilliant way. So tell us, guys, a bit like who wrote the song. Tell us how it came about. Yeah, well, it actually started out of a spontaneous time um, from the week. This Ooh. conference that we do, what, two years ago, I think it was? Yeah, Herbs, do you know, was I've it? actually got the recording. No no, the original. I have. No I found way. it. Wow. different timing so I think I just sung it yeah. live and then you, you like pulled me aside and was like oh let's just get that down quickly yeah it's a bit different That's timing so cool. then we tweet the end of that obviously and then so um, then Herbs Tim and I and another guy I think it was Jimmy were in a different songwriting session mm. and we were working on a a different song that had the Revive Us. It was about Breathe. It was about the spirits still, wasn't it? Yeah, but it had the Revive Us as the chorus of that song, didn't it? I think. Revive. Yeah. I think we came up with that, yeah. And then we had those two sections for a while and it was one of those like labor of loves, like, oh, is this song ready? Oh, you know, we had a different bridge. We tried that for a while, didn't we? Just didn't. Show us your glory. I still think it should have been. <laughs> <laughs> it, went, it went exactly like that. It was like yeah. an 80s rock um, anthem. <laughs> no wonder it didn't get on. Um, and uh, so we ditched that. Uh, we're trying to find a different one. And then um, Herbs and I, we were out in... America and another trip again. To two of you. <laughs> 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 so you had this great idea to show to show the song to Brenton Brown, right? And tell us. Yeah. So I'd um, been to this event somewhere and heard Pete Gregg mm. praying this prayer that was all about, you know, we hear the sound of heaven, that biblical prayer, um, a move of God, the wind of change, all this kind of stuff. And I was just like, this is brilliant. Like this is this is kind of what we want to say right now. And 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 then it links in with this song and um, showed some of those lyrics to Brenton Brown um, and he basically helped put some music around that and we worked on that a bit. Yeah. Uh, and that's sort of that section of the song that kind of, um, it's felt like it kind of really connects in worship yeah. um, in that moment in the song. Yeah. I love this moment, like the snare hits at the end of the chorus and it's like this. And then it, it just feels like every time we do it, it just... Um, it's like it kind of gathers people up into this thing of like the more of God. Like what you're saying, like, oh, we wanna we wanna see the more of God. We want the Holy Spirit to revive us and to bring renewal to all things. You know, I think that's why that that bridge of Greater Your Lord has been hitting that that kind of nerve so well. You know, all the earth will 
um, sing your praise. Is that Share right? Your Share your praise. Sorry. Um, sorry, listeners. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, the writers of that one. Um, but you know, it's, it's a similar sentiment of like, this is what we long to see in our time, in our day. Um, and so uh, it's just putting words and lyric, um, music, melody to that. So, And one of the things theologically here that's interesting is um, in theological terms, people talk often about the danger of over-realized eschatology, which is like all of heaven is here now. Like, yeah. like we are on heaven right now. Yeah. And um, versus the idea of the kingdom now and not yet. And there's this tension often in the Christian life between these things and how, how you then deal and talk of theology of suffering, etc. Yeah, right. And I remember once sitting down with my pastor and talking about this tension. And he said to me, the thing is, Nick, all we know is there's always definitely more. Hmm of God you know there's mm. always definitely more no matter where we land on this theological spectrum yeah. there's always more of God and we should be always orientated towards the more yeah right and so having a song like this that pulls us towards the more of God and that prayerful longing for his kingdom to come you can't go wrong yeah and I'd even say just practically just for a moment around songwriting this is a, a one that we pressed into in terms of the more like yeah. so, we 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 had the initial section, but then we crafted. It. So it was Herb's, Tim, myself, Brenton, Jimmy James, Will Weeks, whole bunch of us. Like, let's go after this. We know there's something, some gold to get out of this. Mm. Let's go after it. Let's keep crafting. There's more. And do you remember that? I thought this was so fun. Like last year um, at Wildfires, mm. you know, um, we were at this event, Wildfires, and. And um, you played the song, I think for the first time, live, you know, happening in that environment. Brand new event, first year. Yeah. And as you played it and it finished, there was this absolute downpour yeah. of heavy rain that hit the sort of the marquee and, and we just waited and no one said anything. Yeah. And it was just the heavy rain yeah, yeah. and it felt like this moment when we called upon something to happen yeah. and God was just saying, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. And I don't know, it was, it was really super special. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, I'm here with Nick Drake, Dr. Reverend Nick Drake, stop I should it, say. Stop it, stop Ooh. it. And we are so privileged and honored to have Jeremy Riddle with us. Hey, Jeremy. Come on, hey. Um, and uh, we just thought we'd grab some time with Jeremy. Um, we're hanging out. You're here doing some worship leading teaching. It's been incredible. Um, such a blessing and uh, some really powerful times with the Lord. Um, and uh, we just wanted to, this episode, we've, we've been talking about. Uh, leading in the way of the Holy Spirit, sure. what he's doing, sure. um, how we stay in tune with him sure. in step with what he's doing during our times of gathered worship. And we just would love to kind of get some thoughts from you, unpack some some things. But first off, um, you've been in Europe uh, doing a bunch of events, yeah. leading at different things. Yeah. And we'd love to hear, what are you sensing? What are you seeing in worship? I think for one, when you come into an event in a country... Um, you can pick up on some things, but it's you also know that you're coming into a bit of a bubble, you know, already. So it's not like I feel like I've got the pulse, you know, yeah. on Europe just because I've done a few events here. But I am really encouraged, having been coming to Europe probably for about eight years now, um, the growth uh, um, that that I've seen in in hunger and people pushing in for the Lord, and and there's there's already kind of such a such a purity. Um, um, because, well, in some ways, um, I don't know. It's it's, uh, it's it's hard to put it into, into language. But there's something. It's like it's it's new again. I also like I love going into nations where there hasn't really 
Christian industry hasn't made its way there. Not, I mean, I, I believe in structure and yeah. we have to have all these things, but it's kind of refreshing to be in a land that's largely been secular, but God is, God is awakening something mm-hmm. in, in, in their hearts and they're pushing in. It's like the innocence yeah. of it and the hunger that the Lord is awakening is pretty powerful. Mm. Um, and um, it's really doing, doing something in my heart. And um, it feels it feels joyful. It feels new. It feels fresh. It feels like life, and also feels really deep. Mm. Like it's 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 not it's 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 not um it's not it um wow it, it's it's like you go to events where there's lots of excitement and and like momentum, but it this this doesn't feel like that. It feels like people experiencing something very deep. Like it's a deep work that the Lord's doing, yeah. you know, in in their heart. And so there's a childlikeness to it, and at the same time, something really beautiful and ancient um, mm. about what's happening. So I don't mm. know. That's terrible articulation <laughs> no, <it's not laughs> of all of that, but it's it, it, it's it's an attempt. But whole man, worship is coming alive, mm. like, and not just like the led worship and knowing how to sing a song. Like, like most of the events that I've been doing in Europe, at some point, the crowd takes over and they just begin to worship. Yeah, and like that's, that, I don't know. That's just special. Yeah. Yeah. So, in terms of that the taking over thing we were having this conversation earlier but one of the things that we long to see as worship leaders and i don't know whether this is just something kind of uh, happening at the moment that feels current um in terms of the way that we worship but that that song of overflow you know the Mm -hmm. song that that just Mm -hmm. comes out of the corporate you know lyrics on the screen how as worship leaders do we encourage that and um I guess pursue it ourselves, but also help release that in the room that we're we're leading. Yeah, I I think you know in that conversation we we just talked about it, it, it's an old thing, but it's a new thing, you know, um, um, for the church. And uh, I think sometimes like we we just we think so much of the worship practices that we have and that we do. We, they should be intuitive. They they should just happen organically. I, I think what we're I'm learning at least is how much of worship culture has to be taught. Like it's not naturally, you know, uh, people. You know, it's uh, again John Wimber used to say more is caught than taught. And I think in the realm of worship, when it comes to the culture of worship, people have to kind of see it, like be in the room, experience yeah. it, in order to actually get it. It's it's not something that you can. Um, uh, necessarily always articulate, but I also know that I've never seen a worship culture built where there hasn't been someone teaching it, someone that understands the importance and value of it and mm. speaks into it. Because there's certain things, um, you know, it's, it's you know, this is just part of my journey. I, I spent two years leading, you know, in the Bible Belt, and um, you know, in, in, in the states, and it wasn't, you know, these events that I would go to. I was, I, I realized that I was used to leading in places where there's an existing culture of worship. And, and I had no grid for what it would be like to lead in one that didn't, you know? And um, so I would do my thing and I would just lead and just expect people to do what they would do, you know? Like, they're going to lift your hands and worship and just engage mm-hmm. with the Lord. And and they didn't. They just looked at me, you know? And I was just like, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. And, and, um, and, you know, first my, my initial reaction was to be like, you people do not love Jesus. If you did, there's no way that you could ever respond to the King of glory. You know, like, you know, you get on your high horse. And, but what I've discovered over time is that people are just waiting to be given permission. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot of culture of, of different rules, unspoken rules. 
like we've created, uh, particularly in certain cultures where it's just like, there's like unspoken. We don't even know what rules there are, but people don't want to stick out. They, they don't want to draw attention to themselves mm. most of the time. So someone has to go, hey, this is beautiful. This is of the Lord. Like, like this is something that we were born to do. And, and it has to be taught. It has to be encouraged. It has to be nurtured if it's ever going to take root. If we just kind of wait for it to spontaneously happen, we may yeah. just forever be waiting. Mm, yeah. and, and, and so I've just learned, okay, Lord, we need tools. We need keys for how to give people permission and to do it in gentleness. I, um, mm. For me, that's been something I've had to learn because my, my, that's not my instinctual reaction. It's to be like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I found yeah. that it's almost counterproductive. It almost shuts down the thing. Mm. But if I'm gentle with it mm. and just say, hey, mm. the Lord is here. He's present. Mm. Um, there's just, uh, I just want us to go after this. I've just seen the power of this. I encourage it's like a testimony. I tell yeah. a testimony of what I've seen. When I've seen people lift up, I'm like, there's something that happens yeah. when the church of God lifts their voices in unity, mm. you know, just begins to sing to the Lord. It's not necessarily, I don't emphasize singing in tongues or anything like that. People will do it naturally if they want to do it. It's more like, hey, let's just spontaneously lift our hearts to the Lord. Let's engage our hearts to the Lord. And that, and just, and, and then it'll start soft sometimes. And then it just, when people discover, oh, they feel the power. They, they feel the weight of it almost immediately when, the, when they all mm. begin to sing. Mm. And then it takes on a life of its mm. own. And they begin to understand. Mm. It's like you don't need to teach something when they can just experience. That looks, the moment they taste what, what happens in the room when they begin to lift their voices to Jesus is the best. It, it, is, it is the mm. message. You don't have mm. to pound that into the ground. You know? so good. And how, how do you handle that tension between like our own effort as a worship leader, like the gifts God's given us, who we are to release that, to release the, the song of the people mm-hmm. and then the agency of the spirit and his power. So, you know, if we're aiming for a partnership, yeah. how, have you got any tips on that for worship leaders listening? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's such a mesh of so many different things when you're yeah. following the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a mesh of... Um, you know, this whole thing in worship, it's a mesh of learned talents. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a mesh of grown maturity and, and, and gifting. Um, and, and, and then also there's a whole realm where we're constantly dependent. Mm. And and I think for me, it's, it's always making sure that I haven't figured this out or, or, or I don't have this altogether mapped I don't mind because I think as human beings we gravitate towards that, mm. you know. Yeah. And yeah. and I I I've come from the world where I knew where I was going to start. I knew what I was going to do in the middle. I knew how I was going to bring it to a close, and 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 I was very comfortable. That made me so it was, you know, I, I derived a lot of security, you know, from that, and also from known sources of power like. I know the power of this song. I know what it's going to do. I know this build. I, I know where we're going to land. I, and, and so what I found myself is I was attracted to things where, where there was a predictable outcome, yeah. where I could measure the power right. of what was going to happen, mm. you, you know? And, and what I had to do in this journey of learning to follow the Holy Spirit was deconstruct that. I'd allow that to be deconstructed. Now, it's not that I'm not building a set, you know? It's it it's that like I my yes is to the Lord and 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 I am listening. I'm not just listening before because I've I've heard this is for you know for people who are like the planners. They're like God speaks to you when you plan. I'm like He absolutely does. He also speaks to you in the middle of your plans. 
Yeah. You know, it's not just before, it's not just during, it's like he, 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 he's, he's in all of it. Right. Our job is to never stop listening. Yeah. And right. Jesus in the middle of one assignment, like on the way, recognizes, feels power go out of him, yeah. like recognizes that there was a reason for that, that that was not an interruption, that was something that he was supposed to give attention to. The people all around him pressing him. It, it wasn't like there was something unique about that moment that was set apart, which means that he was following. He, but he was on his way to what he already knew was an assignment from the Father, mm-hmm. and he was interrupted in the middle of it. And I think what I've learned is that it's okay for me to prepare. I'll feel things I, you know, from the Lord in my preparation. It just means when I hit the set, I don't stop listening. And I, I have a rhythm mm. of, of learning how to wait. Because, you know, sometimes we just get caught up in the mechanics, yeah. uh, you know, of this thing. And I, I find when I do that, when I'm just caught up and I'm already, when I'm in the middle of a song and I'm thinking about the next song, <laughs> I'm thinking about how to flow into it, like, yeah. like and I'm not present, yeah. I have built in moments where I'm going to be fully present to the moment. Mm. And sometimes it's just the wisdom of like knowing, knowing when there's, where's a grace to rest. And I think I've learned that of like, nope, we need to hit one more song. Nope. Um, sometimes we got to hit four songs in major praise be- be- before there's rest. Sometimes one song, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, we're, we're here. Like, mm. we're in this moment mm. where there's a grace to just rest, and he's moving and, and doing something. So it's learning to recognize those moments where, where, there's, where there's enough peace, there's enough uh, of, of something being broken open that, that you can kind of rest. And then it's, it's always this, I never assume that I know. I'm just, I'm just listening. I'm just waiting. Mm. You have to cultivate peace in those moments. Because you're going to feel pressure, you're going to feel you know, the expectation from people who want to move on. You you got to really cultivate peace. Whenever I get anxious, is when it's the hardest time that I have hearing the Lord. Mm-hmm. But when I'm able to rest, yeah. I can like, oh, I can okay, right, that. And sometimes it's a chorus. Sometimes it's just an impression. Sometimes you know it's different things. And um, and then you have to risk. A lot of the times, the only way I've known how to how to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit is, is having to risk because it feels so natural, intuitive, yeah. like something that's happening in, in 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 my gut could just be me, or it could be the Lord. And the only way I've learned how to discern that and distinguish that is by taking a risk. Mm. I'm like, oh, that is the Lord. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, and you watch this thing otherly happen that you know you couldn't have made happen, yeah. and then you go, okay, I was obedient, I was following the Lord. Not, I've had times where I'm like, ah. Probably not, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. you know. But I think I don't beat myself up over that because sure. yeah. I, I go in the risk and in the obedience. That you know, there, there's there's the reward. So, mm. um, but I got really used to to risking, and then even the way that I risk is in stages, and 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 so I'll feel something, and I think this is a newbie mistake. Sometimes is is, is when is is when you step out, you feel an impression, but then you feel the responsibility of making that happen right. and making it feel as powerful as it feels inside you. Yeah. And, and, and so then it becomes driving because then you put out something like this little course or this little idea. And if it doesn't take, then you're like, well, you will, you will feel this. Yeah, and then yeah. we drive the band it. into the ground and then, yeah, yeah. yeah, you will see, let's sing it 40 times, you know, and it will take, and I, I think I have, again. yeah, yeah. And I, I go, that, that's, that's a mistake I've learned to not make. I've been guilty of that for one, uh, yeah. so, so many times, but I've learned to just seed something mm. and see what life it produces. Mm. And if it doesn't produce much life, I'm like, cool, I'm great moving on. Yeah. Like, that's what the set you know, is for. But then all of a sudden, it's just funny how sometimes you just see something and you're like, oh, there's something there. And, and, and let's, let's go at it one more time mm. and see what opens up. And sometimes it'll go to another level. And sometimes it's just like, oh, we're swimming into something really, really deep and unknown and glorious. And other times it's just like, oh, two times. 
like that, that, that was good and, and we're, we're good to move on. Mm. So I just kind of learned, you know, things practically mm. over time. I could walk you through specific journeys in the middle of a set feeling like the set was weird. I'm, I'm always looking and I think this is what the Holy Spirit is for. He's, he's helping us. Um, he, he is the God of the breakthrough. He is actually helping something, break something open. Like it's his wisdom right. that we need to break things open. And that's the best language that I have for it. It may be mm. foreign you know, to some people, but we all know when worship feels dead mm. and when worship feels alive. Yeah. And the difference is there was something that broke open. Yeah. There was something that happened in a room that broke something open. And and this was one of those sets where it felt incredibly dead, you know, like in the room. And it's like we would sing choruses, massive songs, songs that normally have so much life. And people would sing it. But the second we were done, it was just like, whew. It was like this mm. blanket, this weight just descended and there was nothing sustaining. It just wasn't open yet and so i'm kind of wrestling we're two three songs deep and um and the only impression i got though is that we need to sing the bridge again and i need to encourage people to sing it with passion mm. and we're singing greater you lord and the bridge is it's just it's crazy it's fire it's you know good, it's, yeah. it's pretty yeah. good bridge um but even the bridge was like normally i'm like oh we're gonna sing this song and then it's gonna break open but it didn't and so mm. i'm like okay wow i'm like we're supposed to lay in again so you know i got on the mic i was pretty nervous because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. Um, and I just said, hey, I just I feel like if we just sing this bridge one more time, we sing it with passion. And I, I said, I was trying to say gusto. I said gusto. And to this day, it's funny. I've heard a couple of worship leaders say, sing it with gusto. And I'm like, oh, no. That's the, so, so that's the name of a food delivery company in the UK. Someone, someone's like, who's, who's gusto? Who's gusto? Where is this gusto you speak of? <laughs> so, and I just said, somehow, I don't know it. I'm just... I'm following, you know, this this unction, this impression that I've learned to recognize as the Lord, yeah. leading me that if we sing this bridge again, something's going to lay open, but we've got to give it our all. Yeah. And um, and I'm like, okay, here we go, and and we did, and something electrified, like, and the next 45 minutes of worship after that is nothing I I even have a grid for, mm. you know, mm. and it just opened up this this crazy. Well, it was like, oh, there's the shift. And all of a sudden, that whole atmosphere, everything changed. And mm. I just found when you follow the Holy Spirit, mm. um, He will lead you to the thing that will break something open and everything will shift and everything mm. will change. And it makes all the difference. It's not a small difference. Like with, I can, I can, it's, it's, it's like I can break my, my worship leading ministry into two parts. Uh, the part before learning how to intentionally follow the Holy Spirit and the measure of power that happened through my life. And then the part after that where where I learned how to intentionally follow mm. and risk uh, to wow. be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And it's night and day, mm. like night and day. Mm. And again, you miss as much as, as yeah, probably more. Like we, you know, that, that's the nature of the, of the journey. Mm. Um, mm. We bring all of our baggage, you know, into this. There are times where um, you, you, hit, you hit a few wins and you have some Peter moments where you're like, you know, the Lord's like, the, you know, Peter, you've, this is revealed to you. He says, you're the Christ, the Son of God. And he has a super high moment. And the very next moment, he's like, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> you, you know, like I've had these moments where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm, I am moving in great power. And then you're just like, wham. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you have these like, it, it's, it hasn't been an easy journey, but the fruit has been so undeniable that I can never go back to just leading the same structured ways without listening and waiting and being faithful to follow the Holy Spirit. Just can't ever go back. Amazing. Yeah. One last question. Um, for worship leaders listening to this who 
want want that and are hungry for that and are praying in mm-hmm. into that, but maybe aren't in environments where that's um, maybe given permission or mm-hmm. or sought after or or really, you know, um, yeah. Um, what what would you say to them? in that kind of place of struggle. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'd say baby steps. Baby steps, um, vulnerability. Um, humanist, no one's looking for someone to be an expert. Sometimes when, when we do something, the prophetic, we're following the Holy Spirit, we, we feel like we've got to like, thus saith the Lord. You know, and I, I just go, you don't have to put any of those airs on it. People have so much respect mm-hmm. for someone who's just going, hey, you know, if, if you feel the need to talk or you just... Um, or maybe it's just a little impression, like, you, you know, you want to sing. If you're building a context, I think people have so much grace and respect for someone just going, yeah, I just feel the Lord. Like, I just, I can't get this course out of my head. I think it's the Lord. You know, I, I've watched people who move in this stuff, so they, they move in it so humanly. Yeah. They go like, hey, I don't, I don't, you know, I had a lady give me a word today. She's like, I don't know if this is prophetic or if this just, you know, maybe just a strange girl from Sweden kind of word, you know. And, but, but the way she, she housed it was, was, was so vulnerable you know, and I think people like it opens them up. I think mm. they're resistant when someone comes in like, I have the the word. I think we all are kind of like we're 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 just taking little baby steps, and you don't mm. have to go off on this massive, you know, you know, risk um, um, and try and drum up a seven minute spontaneous moment. You, you, you know, and I watch that's kind of a newbie thing of just learning how to how to just faithfully, simply, um, sometimes even quickly. Follow the Holy Spirit, trust the end result, you know, you know, with him. Mm. And like I come in an environment, I know like, oh, you've got no grid for this. You, you have no understanding. And so I'll just do a little baby thing of, hey, I just feel like we're going to wait. We're just going to wait 30 seconds on the Lord, you know, for him to speak. And, and then something will, will, will come out of that. I, I just go like baby steps, be vulnerable, um, um, mm. you know, be soft and don't feel like you've got to make anything happen because mm. you don't. Like there's something about just being faithful and obedient to the Lord. So... Um, for worship leaders going on this journey, and obviously do that as much as possible um, in partnership with with your leadership. We we we're, we're 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 not the ones in contr- like we're we're coming in and we're serving, you know, as worshipers. And so as much as you can do that in partnership with the house that you're in and in the freedom, you know. Um, oh, there's something else. Um, uh, practically with, with with your band, like how you do that. Like if, if, if there's grace to make a musical moment out of it, make a music moment. Most of the time, I bring the band all the way down <laughs> and, and I will start from a, small, from a small place and see if it's even worth building yeah. you know, right. from there mm-hmm. rather than having this musical moment built up and then you see something and all of a sudden it just kind of shifts and mm. brings a lot of insecurity and you feel the band going, oh my gosh, where are we going? What's happening? You know, and, and that kind of thing. A lot of times I'll, I'll wait for a down moment. And, you know, and I, I watched like Steph Gretzinger is probably a great example of someone who has learned over the years timing in this. Because um, before she was kind of a, love you, Steph. She's a loose cannon, but she, <laughs> she's so good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> she, I have so much. Uh, but she learned like when to fire. Mm. I, I knew when she was feeling something, I knew it in rehearsal that mm. she had something that was going to come out. Like it was very obvious but she learned to, mm. to wait for the, the right moment to release it. And timing 
is everything, right? You know, right. in this. And a lot of times, the prophetic people they'll feel something with such urgency that they'll be like, mm, "Must happen," you know, and they'll and they'll they'll go after it immediately and not wait for the right moment yeah. to release that that word. And it'll it's success or failure, mm. you know. Mm. So, um, can I ask a final quick one on that? Because it's really interesting. Because in terms, of, I was just thinking then about discipling and growing leaders. Uh, you know, and often as church, when it comes to spirit-led stuff, like we're not always so good at giving mm. people feedback, mm. you know, whether it's other, uh, yeah. to each other as worship leaders or, so true. you know, so just on that, you know, how, how anything on, around that and just that boldness that you need and yet humility to give feedback well. Yeah. No, that's really good. I think people, um, well, the thing about worship, it's so intimate, it's so vulnerable already, like, um, it, it's so it's so intense for me. Like if someone wants to give me feedback right after a set, I'd be like, no, I I just know I'm not. I'm going to create a racket, like, like like Jim was talking about. Like it's a big old racket. You know, all my defense mechanisms. You know, you know, play because it's too, I'm too vulnerable. I'm too yeah. cracked open. Most of the time, I think after a worship set, when somebody risks really big. That's not the moment for feedback. That's the moment to go, yeah. well done. Yeah. There's some things I, I, I want to yeah. say, but the biggest thing, I'm just so proud of you. Yeah. Like, I, I, wow. Because I know what it costs when so, for someone to risk. Yeah. So I don't mm. try and mature that journey yeah. right away. And a lot of times, I think just like with your kids, you don't want to exasperate a process. There's a lot that you can see that you're not actually supposed to uh, address. You can kind of kill the thing like, um, mm. like w- by overcorrecting it, right. like right off mm. the bat. Yeah. And sometimes it's like you got to let them go through a human process. You got to let it be a little raw mm. Um, mm. initially. If it starts to get way off track, I mean, obviously you can you, you bring it in. But there's there's I would watch stuff with any like I've I've played covering. Um, I, I know it because we, you know that's kind of how we did it. Like we would pair with people who had something special in their life, but they needed a kind of covering, mm. someone to kind of and and to nurture that. And a lot of times I didn't have to say a word. They they would learn yeah. on the journey. You know, and so I do think, we, we, like, for people who want to give feedback, like, ask the Lord for timing on that. Mm. Like, is, is this a moment, Lord, to just encourage, or is this a moment to speak into something? Mm. You, you know, like, where are their hearts at? What, what's going to nurture it? Because sometimes I just need to know that someone believes in me and sees what I'm actually going for. Yeah. And when I know someone sees that the purity, at least of my intent, however bungled the, 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 the manifestation of it was, if they just see that, if they know what my heart's after, all of a sudden my heart's open for their feedback. I think we start with like mm-hmm. feedback first before be, with, with belief and going, oh, I, I see you, son, daughter, I see you, I see mm-hmm. that thing in your heart, I see what you're going after. Like, and I'm just, I just want to champion you, love you. And they feel that. And then you can be like, hey, when you're doing that next time, just wait. Because I, what I, like one, one example is with Callie Heiligenthal. I, I just remember, same thing. I had to spend two years leading with her, kind of being a champion, you know, of her. And one of the things I would just, she, she would do that thing where, where she would seed an idea that was brilliant, but she would never let it rest and then pick it back up. And I just watch it. She would just try and hammer it through and, and strive. And I just go, hey, see the chorus, let it breathe, let it sit, then go after it again. And, and, and you watch it. Like if you give it a chance, it, it's like give this brilliant little melody that you spouted out like mm. a chance to take, like people to ingest it, then go after it again. That little, that little thing, but again, Callie knew, 
we're so fragile as creatives, it's crazy. We're the most fragile human beings in the world. Like you could touch us, we feel like we could shatter. So I think we have to have an understanding of that level of vulnerability when we put ourselves out there and our voices out there and going like, I'm going to shield us. I'm going to, I'm going to make you feel like less like glass right now. And then I'm going to come around and help you take the next step. So brilliant. Amazing. Jeremy, thank you so much. So So good. Thank you. Okay, let's take it to the bridge. Yes. So, herbs. Thanks, Anna. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so songwriters out there, Ooh. wherever you're out on the journey, um, here's a little bit of wisdom from the great performer artist Emily Sunday. Um, I, I heard her say this somewhere along the line. Um, when the song still stands strong without all the instrumentation and production, as fun as that is, you have something that will live longer than fashions in sound and production. What I love about that is, you know, right now when you look at worship music, there are a couple of things going on. One, it's quite short term, you know, more than ever before. Like there's a treadmill, songs rise, they go, you know. Um, And also we're, we're very production heavy in a lot of the way we think about worship now, you know, particularly not, not for all churches, but you know, there's this thing about, do you have a track? Can you play a song? Is it produced? What's going on? And that's the way we hear a lot of the music, of course, on the radio. But I love this idea about trying to write a song that lives longer. And that really is my heartbeat. I I would love to be thinking about that when I'm writing songs. What are the songs that aren't just going to last for like three months? What are the songs that are going to last for years and years and resource the church and remind people about who God is for years and years and years? And one of the major ways of doing that is just to make sure that the song makes sense and stands strong without anything else around it you know and sometimes that even means um you know without a great singer singing it you know does it hold up in any situation so i want to encourage you if you're in a situation in your church where you don't have all the production that's fine because if you're writing a great song it will still shine and stand out um and if you are using loads of production just always be aware make that checkpoint of you know Mm. does this stand strong without everything else and then hopefully we'll write some songs that live a little bit longer. Very good. Very good. I remember um, um, working with a producer and he was going to do a bunch of tracks for um, this album, Hold Nothing Back. And I was going to send him demos. And I actually did send him some demos and he sent them back and said, no, just want you and an acoustic guitar. It's brilliant. So yeah. because it's the real test of a song. Yeah. Mm. You know, good Absolutely. production. We all know covers a multitude of sins. <laughs> <laughs> Songwriting and sins. And that was your best album <laughs> ever. That's good. I'm Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe and rate if you like it. And uh, if you have any thoughts or questions, then please email in podcast at worshipcentral.org. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>